are in the midst of our series called The Church. I've uh, brought out some interesting parts of it, and I want to talk a bit further today on the church, because uh, without the church, we are lost in this world. It's the church is the only last standing form for God on this planet. If you took the church out, the evil would just, just take off. But we know whenever evil is taken off, the, the church comes under persecution. But we know that greater is he that is in us than he is in the world, that we have power to conquer the evil one. There is power in the name of Jesus. And we can see that arise, in the, as I said the other week, the clashes between the kingdoms. We're seeing our world is in such a crazy mess right now. And uh, you, know, you can see it every day just around you, you know. You don't need to turn to the mainstream media to find that out. You can just see what the craziness of this world is doing. You know, there's a push for all sorts of crazy stuff. You've got the transgender movement, the LGBT, XYZ, uh, alphabet people uh, on the move. You've got all this stuff, but we know they're all connected to, with the devil and to try to destroy the kingdom of, of God. But we stand. We stand. The church stands through all time. The church has always stood in times of persecution and it's grown in times of persecution, and it will continue to grow and continue to be there at the end. But as a church, because of the power of the church we, and the times we live in, we need to uh, remember we need to come together. Hebrews 10.25 says, Do not forsake the gathering of the believer, more so as the days draw near. As the days draw near, we're going to see more and more evil at work and pushing against us. That's why we need to stand strong together. We need to come together more. We need to meet together more. We need to be close together. It's always like when I used to play rugby, you're in the scrum, you're all together, <laughs> and you're ready to take on the opposition. Don't forsake the gathering. You know, like some people in times of trouble, times of things, they, they kind of back off from the church. It's like they're disappointed with God because it didn't all go their way. And I've met many people that get disappointed with God and suddenly you see them from being enthusiastic in the front or second row, suddenly they're in the middle row, then they're in the back row, then they're out the door. God does not change. I say yeah, the reason we have problems is because we're in a fallen world. We're in a fallen world, you know. It's like you can't expect it all to be good when it's in a fallen state, but God's going to fix that up. God will fix this up. It's coming. The day of judgment will be here, and we will see a change take place. But this morning, I want to take you to uh, given a greater understanding of the church and its purpose from the book of Corinthians, if you've got your Bibles with you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it's quite a long verse, reading right through to verses 22. So here we go. Let me clean my lenses off. <laughs> right, if you've got your word with you. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 12, 12, For as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For also by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether bond or free, even all were made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, Because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is therefore not of the body. If all the body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If all hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, 
in the body as it has pleased him. And if they were all one member, where would be the body? But now indeed many are the members, yet only one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. But because rather the members of the body seeming to be weaker are necessary. Let me just pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your word. And God, as we look at it, let us great, uh, get great understanding from your uh, word that you have written in this book. <clears throat> Father, I just pray this morning that God will be enlightened by what you have to say. I pray you'll draw things out there. I pray it'll be your word spoken from this pulpit today, God, not mine. And God, may we learn and we grow through that. I ask in Jesus' mighty name and all the people said, Amen. Okay. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 starts off by saying, For as the body is one, and there are many members also, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. That's quite a mouthful, isn't it? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so here Paul talks about the church as a body. Many parts, but we all make up one body. Each one of us... Uh, today are members of this church. You make up the church. The church is the assembly of the people. It's not one person. It's not uh, just the music team. It's not just the pastor. It's the body all together. And each one of us has a part to play. You know, you may come here and just go, well, my part is just to sit here on a Sunday and uh, sing because I've got such a lovely voice. Uh, But God has so much more planned for you than that. As the body parts have different functions, so does the members of the church. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, 21, And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. We need each other. We need the giftings of each other. We need to work together. You know, it's, it's like pretty crazy stuff. You know, our body naturally works together. Like we're standing here this morning clapping. Imagine if my right hand says, I'm not into this. <laughs> you look like a Wally. <laughs> and, and as it says here, you know, if the eye cannot, the eye cannot say to the hand, "I have no need of you." Imagine driving a car, and suddenly the eye says, "I have no need of you, hands." <laughs> as you see, it just doesn't work. But together, our body works together to communicate to do that. It's like a welcome to the door. There's usually a greeting. It's not just. It may be a handshake. It may be a hug. It might be just a hi. But there's more in the body that is uh, um, shown in that greeting. Can you imagine if the greeting just came in and all the greeting was just a nod? (laughs) Rather, it's, hey, good morning, how are you? You know, it's an action. Your whole body goes there. Some of us, I think, are a bit of Italian because we use all our body parts, don't we? I do that even on the phone. You see that people on the phone sometimes, they just can't help themselves. I've been told this. You're on the phone, the other person can't see you, but you're doing all these hand actions, you know. It's because it's in you. It's like when the music's playing here, you'll see me, I'm just moving, I can't stop. Like, you know, da 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 <laughs> It's just because all my members are involved. I'm not just worshipping with my hands, I'm worshipping with the whole, whole me. You know, it's a whole engagement, whole engagement. And that's what it's about, it's being engaged with all the members. So... Um, as we read further down, we see the church is one body, and guess what? It's assigned by God. 1 Corinthians 12, 18 says, But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body as it has pleased him. If they were all one member, where would be the body? Well, you know, if it were all just, if it was just one member, it just wouldn't function. 
1 Corinthians 12.20 says it, but now indeed many are the members, yet only one body. So as I said, we're all members of this church, and, uh, but we all make up one body. So when we talk about Freedom Church, that's the body, but there's many members doing many things. As you can see on a Sunday, there's many things that go on. We've got many teams back here that make up what the church does. We've got the music team, as you saw this morning. We've got the youth team, connect groups, young adults, welcome team, hospitality team, men's team, cafe team, missions team, outreach team, uh, garden team, <laughs> pastors. It goes on. So there's many parts that make up the body. Because you take out those parts, it doesn't, it's not a very good functioning body. If we only had the welcome team, it just wouldn't be complete. If you just walked in on this morning and said, hey, welcome, welcome to church, and then you took a seat and nothing happened because there's no worshippers, there's no team, there's no pastors, it just wouldn't work. Just one member on its own just doesn't happen, even though the, worship, the welcomers do a great job, Julie, by the way, thank you. <laughs> if we only had preaching, it wouldn't be complete. You know, it's the dynamics of everything working together. You know, I could preach a good word, but if you just, just walk in here, my word, and walk out, well, you know, that's just not how it's supposed to be. The church is supposed to come together and fellowship. The church has come together in power. God has set the members. Each one of them in the body has it as he's pleased them. So God places you in a position. God puts you in a position. And quite often, we don't know what that position is, and it takes time. You know, it takes time, you know, in church. When we say to people... Uh, like find your position in God because people go, look, I'm praying, I don't know what my position is. And that's very hard sometimes when people come to me and say, Pastor, I don't know what my position is, I don't know what God wants me to do. Um, it's very helpful if you can start with something because <laughs> when you've got about 200 people asking you questions like, I don't know what to do, what to do, I go, oh, it's like going, God, well, usually I find it's what God has placed in you. There's something in you that you're wired for. There's something just you naturally do. You may be a people person. You may be a tech person. You, you may be an uh, administration sort of person. There's all sorts of things that we all have. And, you know, we haven't got it together, but all together we have it. And, uh, and, and that's why we need each other. You know, like, uh, I hate, the, there's so much paperwork we get these days that we have to do for the government policies and things you know, uh, childcare things and this and whatever and this and that. It goes on and on and they keep expanding. I think they just do that to keep someone in the job. But, um, but personally, it's like, oh, it does my head in, you know, uh, occupational health and safety. I probably break every rule. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, it's just like, uh, you know, but, but there's people that love that stuff. I don't know who they are, but they love that stuff. And I just don't like that. But I need them because it needs to be done. It needs to be done. And I just don't enjoy it, you know, it's just, that's just not me. So I know where my strengths are and I know where my weaknesses are. So we need to actually align with what God's placed within us. Yeah, as a member of the body, there's something God has put in you that makes you uniquely you, different to somebody else. And we need you because there's only one of you. There's only one of you. There's only one of you, Shannon. Everyone goes, amen. And <laughs> no, Chan is a great guy. That's why I can pick on him. He's, he's awesome. Uh, but there's many members. You know, each one of you brings something. You know, like just recently we uh, started off with the garden team. You know, that's great. Awesome. Have you seen my garden? I, I'm good at growing things, but they're called weeds. And nothing else seems to grow in my garden. Uh, but, you know, 
But Kristen and Annie, you know, they're just out there. They just know what they're doing. I just go, you go for it, girl. And because uh, I've got no idea. Uh, I'll just take the produce at the end of it. But anyway. <laughs> but the thing is, you all have a gift in. You all have something to offer. And God has brought you together like that. God knits us together like a jigsaw puzzle to make the perfect picture. You know, it's like a uh, church is like a jigsaw puzzle. You know, as pastors, we see the picture of what we're trying to build. We know what God has given us. And, and, and you as people come in and you're little pieces. And, and we're trying to put you in places and go, yeah, that's beautiful. That looks great there. Sometimes we get a bit of a blue one, which is, we don't know if it's the sky or the sea. And, uh, you know, we're just going, I don't know, you know. It's like, and, and we may have to move you around a bit just to see where you fit best. And, uh, you know, it's always easy to start a jigsaw puzzle with the edges, which is the done deal. And, and you certainly know that with certain people go, oh, I can tell what they are. I remember going back uh, some years ago, where's Millie? Millie's probably feeding a little Malachi right now, but Millie, um, aged, I think she's only 14 or 15, uh, you know, we had a worship night and Millie just got up to sing for the first time and we just felt the atmosphere change. We go, wow, that's one of those square-edge ones. We know where she fits. She's a worshiper. It's in her and, and you could see that in certain people. But then, of course, you can also get your people that like to think they're going to be a scar or a seat, but they're not. <laughs> they like to think they can sing, and, uh, you know, they may, may sing well in the shower, but it doesn't seem to work here on a Sunday. Uh, so, uh, so that's why we have processes. We say, okay, let's have a look at that. And I, and I want to tell you this, God does the elevation. You don't need to actually promote yourself, Okay. And, uh, and I know that from my own life, and uh, David sitting down here in the front would know where I came from in my background, and uh, don't say too much, David, all right? <laughs> but, but it's an experience. When Christ has changed your life, when you've given your life to Jesus, something changes in you, and you want to align in a greater manner to Him. I remember... <laughs> Of being a new Christian and just not understanding where my fit was. So I just gave everything kind of a go. I remember working with uh, Scripture Union one time. They had a camp down somewhere. I don't know. I don't know if you remember that, David. It was down on the beach somewhere in uh, Victor Harbor and uh, somewhere, I think it was down there. And they got me to do a like part of the beach mission. Now, I've never done that. I don't know what I was doing. I was given a mic and a little thing and I'm doing the par one of the parables and yeah everyone's sort of gathering going who's that Wally there on the s sandbank uh, speaking some stuff we don't know but you know I was willing to do that because there was something that changed inside me and you know if you be a fool for Christ he will take you anywhere I'd rather be for a fool for the Christ fool for Christ than a uh, fool for the world and uh, so I just put myself out there I just do things I never actually wanted to be anything I just wanted to please God and I think that's the thing as a church, when we come together and our object is to please God, not to be someone, be something, because there's too many people coming to church with that kind of intent, like I'm nothing until I prove myself. Stop proving yourself. You don't need to prove yourself. God sees you. God knows who you are and he loves you. And, and, but I've seen this time and time again, you know, I've, I've had all sorts of people come in. I remember one, one guy came and says, oh, look, just let you know. Uh, you know, it's pretty new to the church, been here a few weeks. So I'll just let you know I can preach. And I said, oh, good on you. Well, off you go and do that somewhere else. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, 
so people will self-elevate, but that's not what it's about. Jesus says the greatest one amongst you is one who serves. All oh, people don't like that word, serve. Oh, yeah, I like it when you serve me, but I don't like serving. And I find the greatest people that, I find the greatest moments when people have actually heard from God are those that step out in serving. I don't care what I do. And I said that from day one. And suddenly I found myself from doing simple things like that into a youth group. I became the youth group leader, which is the dangerous, most dangerous thing you could ever do as a young Christian as I was and coming out of the world at 21. And some of the crazy things we used to get up to. <laughs> but I just put my hand up. I'll give it a go. Yeah, yeah. I, I never asked to be anything. I just said, God, just use me for your glory, not for mine. And, and that's the difference. When we're tuned into him, we don't care. You know, I'll go scrub the toilets. Look, I, I, didn't, I didn't choose to be a pastor, okay? I'll let you know that. It was never my, uh, my dream job, uh, like growing up in church. I mean, in uh, school and that. When I leave school, I'm going to be a pastor. I never thought like that. I didn't even think that. Uh, and, uh, but as you follow God, he t- he'll take you on his path and he'll lead you to the place that he has. And this isn't, look, this isn't the, the, like the end of it all. And some people go, if I only get up on that stage, I've made it. <laughs> I'm it. Yeah, I've done it. Yes, everyone can see me and my skill and all this. No, 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 no. I'll tell you, there's more important things that actually happen on Sunday than up here sometimes. I mean, you've got the children's church happening out there. Amazing things. Little kids are learning the Word of God. They're, 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 I think they're even preaching out there. They're saying little messages and things. And, and this is great because that's our future. That's our future. You know, we're all together. We all play a part. You know, God has a part for you. And you just need to explore that. Romans 12, 4 says, For even as we have many members in one body, and all members do not have the same function. So we need to know what that function is for us. What is the function for you? You know, like, I've met many people like saying, I feel I've got this gift, I've got that. And I said, well, that's great. Well, explore it, you know. I had one guy said to me, well, Pastor, I just really feel God's given me a healing gift. And I go, well, that's great. That's awesome. And I said, well, let's, should we test it out? He goes, all right, I can come out there and pray for, for people on the Sunday. I said, no, 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 we're going to test it out on the sick. Why don't you go to the hospital and pray for the sick? He went, I'll do that. And he did. It was really good. Too many people want to be seen doing what, you know, they think their thing is. But uh, we know that uh, that's not how God works. It's not how God works. We need to just have a heart to do things wherever. It, look, even in the shop, I'll bump into people and people go, Oh, Pastor Ian, can you just pray for me? And I, I don't go, uh, come on Sunday between 10.30, roughly 11, and I'll fit you in. <laughs> no, 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 no. I go, yeah, let's do it. Let's right, right now. I don't care. It's no, I don't care. People walking past, I don't care. Because that's the way we should be. We should be wired, ready at all times, always being ready for those things. 1 Corinthians 12 says, You are the body of Christ members in part. And God sets some in the church, firstly apostles, secondly prophets, thirdly teachers, then works of power, then gifts of the healings, helps, governments, kinds of languages. Are all prophets? Are all um, apostles? Sorry, all apostles are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of power? Do all have the gifts of healings? Do all speak languages? Do all interpret? But zealously strive after the better gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. 
as you say, the word here says some. Okay, so some. Don't think, oh, well, that looks interesting. He's doing, I want to do what he's doing because he's doing it. But go, no, what am I called to? Because not all are called to the same thing. That's how we become a body of members because we're all covering all bases. We can't just do one thing. We, we have to have people doing all things. And he says, yeah, I'll show you a more excellent way. If you have an operation out of the word of love for God and love for people, that's the more excellent way because the next passage is, is Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 13, which talks about love. So it's out of love we serve. It's out of love we do things for each other. It's out of love, you know, um, I didn't do this for a job. I, I was called to do it, so I'm just being obedient being here. Uh, I actually gave up another job uh, and stuff like that to do this. And um, because as my uh, Bible college teacher said to me, he says, look, if you, if, you, know, you have to be sure you're called to the ministry. He said, if, if you've got any doubts at all, run now. <laughs> run out of this, run for it. <laughs> but he says, if you can't run, you know you're called to it. And I realized I couldn't run. I could not get away from it, even though you know, sometimes you feel like you, it'd be good. <laughs> See, the call of the church is not all about here it's outside. I love what uh, years ago I saw a preacher Sunday at Elijah. Uh, he's the founder of the largest evangelical church in Europe, uh, the MC called the Blessed Kingdom of God for All Nations. He used to tell his people this. He's got a massive church, right? And he says, he says this is what I tell my people. When they join us, I tell them this. I can't wait to get rid of you. <laughs> so I was like, what? I can't wait to get rid of you because we're called to go out into all the earth. Go, it doesn't mean here. Uh, you know, here is a learning time, right? We learn to prepare you. We are here as pastors to equip you to the work of the ministry, to go outside and do things. And so he said, I can't wait for you to go. See, most people think their ministry is to the saved. It's not all about the saved, it's about the unsaved. That's what we're trying to reach. You know, we see examples of all this right through uh, the Bible, where most people weren't in a vocational ministry. You got Abraham, uh, Abraham in Genesis 13:2. It says he was very rich in cattle and looking after cattle and silver and gold. You got Amos, uh, who was among the herdsmen. Uh, Matthew was working for the ATO, uh, a tax collector, and uh, Peter, Andrew, and James were fishermen. You know. Paul was a tent maker. Luke was a doctor. These were not actually in the church operating when they were witnessing to people, when they were speaking the word, when they were doing things. And so should it be the same thought with us. You don't need to come to church to operate your gifts. If you have gifts, operate them in the world. I tell you, they'll freak them out and they'll bring them to Christ. I tell you, when they see the amazing thing of God, uh, uh, it changes them all. We've got to get out of the mindset that it only operates here on a Sunday between these hours. Okay? The church is the people. The church is moving. The church every day is in a different situation. You may be at work. You have an opportunity. You may be at school for some of the younger ones, uh, uni or whatever. You may be there. That's your, that's your place. That's a minister. And that's what we're here to equip you with. And when people understand, they go, oh, yeah, okay, that's my ministry, you know. Uh, you, you'll have a different mindset, I tell you. See, I started off as a motor mechanic, and uh, 
I had lots of opportunities to witness there, you know, like to lots of customers, lots of people, just speaking. That was my ministry ground for many years until God called me here. So I wasn't like, oh, I have to wait until I become a pastor before I minister to anyone. You know, like, just don't race, you know, don't just jump the gun. Just wait until you're a pastor. That's official. Then you can minister to people. Because some people got that kind of mindset, like, I have to have a position before I can do something. Do something and the position will come. You are an important part of this body of this church. And, uh, and our, our part here is just to equip you. You know, I just love it. Like, we've got lots of ministries going on outside. You know, we've got streetlight going on, streetlight, right? These guys just felt we want to reach the guys on the, ki- on the streets, the kids on the street, and they just go out. Well, that's not part, that streetlight isn't actually part of Freedom Church. It's something we support and we are involved with. But it's actually Ben and Annie Rowe run that. But we support what they're doing. But these guys fill the heart to go connect with these young ones. So they go out and do that. Follow the Great Commission. Go, not stay, not inside. Go means outside and, and reach people. But people go, oh, but I can't do that. I'm too scared. You don't understand. I'm so timid. I was so timid. No, I wasn't. Uh, that's a lie. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but pastor, but you, you're just kind of gifted to do those sort of things. For me, I'm just a quiet person that keeps to myself. No, 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 no. If you have a mouth, you can use it, right? You may, I remember, uh, you know, simple little things you can do, evangelistic things. As Paul said to Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. He didn't say he was an evangelist, but he said do the work. So we are called to do the work of an evangelist. People go, wow, that's freaky. I can't stand on the streets giving out pamphlets and speaking. No, 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 no. Just say hello to someone. Invite them around for a coffee. Do something on the level that you feel comfortable with. Because it's an outward expression, which is reaching out. That's evangelizing, okay? Because out of your conversation, people will ask you things. You know, I used to try to set people up all the time. I remember when we used to do quiz nights here. We did a few quiz fun nights and that. And I couldn't get this guy to church because for some people, church is like so scary because what they see on TV is like, oh, we're going there. I'm going to come out and I'll have no money left. And <laughs> they got all these weird ideas and, uh, and they, you know... So uh, I thought, okay, what's my first point? How do I get at least into the building and meet people? So I brought him along to one of our quiz nights. And suddenly he just felt relaxed. Oh, I met some people, whatever. And then, you know what? He started coming to church. He started coming to church. And uh, then he got baptized. And that's what I mean. It's just the first steps, little steps. Don't think uh, you've got to you know, take out your big King James Bible and hit them on the head with it. Uh, you know, that's not going to work either. Uh, you, you just reach out to people, love people. I do wherever I am, you know, like, it's, sometimes I get into trouble because, you know, when you go to a checkout, I love the checkout, especially Audi, you know, you go to Audi, right? Audi's, me, when I go to Audi, it's almost like I'm getting into my sports gear ready for a bit of a competition here because they whiz the thing so quickly, I'm trying to beat them and get them in the bag. <laughs> I do. I go, watch this, Sharon, watch this, right, we have a bag open, here it comes. <laughs> so there's nothing there, you know, and the guys look at me like... <laughs> It's a bit of fun. But then they will always be polite and say, how are you? And I go, I'm fine, thanks. How are you? How's your day? You start a conversation up. And then they'll suddenly realize there's a big line up. And people going, will you shut up and just move along? 
But you can have an opportunity wherever you are to speak to somebody. Speak to somebody on a bus. I get people sitting next to me all the time. Not that I go on the bus more, much anymore, but when I did, I always have somebody uh, that I start a conversation up with. And uh, I don't know, perhaps, I don't know what it is. But anyway, you, you just look for those opportunities. Look for them. Just say hello. Oh, how are you going? Find something of interest. When you say, I don't know how to talk to somebody, Ask about them. It's not about you telling them about you. Asking questions. Oh, so you come here often? Uh, do you, what do you do for a job? I tell you, as you're doing that, you're fishing. And you're suddenly going to find something that you can connect with. You know, I, I'll try all sorts of angles when I'm talking to people. Oh, so what's your favorite uh, footy team? Oh, I'm not into footy. Okay, that's a... And they go, move to the next one. Okay, uh, do you like sport? Nah. Okay, right. Let me try something else. <laughs> do you like fishing? Nah, not that either. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's like, what do you like? <laughs> but as soon as you connect, you can make a connection with them. And look, I, I originally came from England when I was 10. And uh, so it, it, someone just says they're from England, right? Straight away, I've got a connection. You're like, oh, which part of England? I'm from England. Yeah. You, you look for things to start a conversation up. And then if, it, if they're working in a business company that you visit on a regular basis, you keep going back like I do with our friends around here at uh, North Bride, the cafe. Says I walk in, hey Ian, how are you? You know, it's like as I walk in. Oh, you want your usual? Yep, yep, that's fine. And uh, give me one of those, those chocolate biscuits as well. <laughs> My wife's not here today. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's like you, they, 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 they just like you. And, uh, you know, and I, so I purposely keep to one place. I, I go to several coffee shops as I travel around. They all know me, and uh, for good reasons. And, <laughs> and, uh, and I said, it's just an outreach, because you just never know, waiting for that opportunity. And Sharon and I have had many opportunities. We met a lady up uh, the other week, up in the Brossa, and uh, uh, just chatting to her, and uh, she's going, gee, the world's getting pretty crazy, or something like that. And I said, oh, yeah, absolutely, and we just start talking to things. And she goes, I'm starting to believe that the Bible might be real. I thought, oh, real, I mean, <laughs> I got a big one here. <laughs> and because um, <laughs> that's what it's like to me, as soon as I hear that ding, I'm in action. It's because it's in you, you know, it suddenly lights up something. <gasps> Here's an opportunity, yes. So, of course, I took the opportunity and started talking, and, and Sharon uh, got right into it. and. Uh, uh, and I got her email address, start sending stuff and things. And so we started something. So now we're going to go visit her again. And, and that's what we've been doing, just visiting certain people. Got this great rapport going. Uh, you know, start throwing things out. I'd, it's like when you go fishing. Jesus said, I'll make you fishers of men, right? You've got to get your rod out there. That means you've got to put a little bait out there, dangle it, you know, like. <laughs> and some people won't like certain things on there, so change what's on there. <laughs> Try again. Keep fishing until they take a bite. Right, I got them. I got reel them in. And, um, and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and you'll get some great relationships wherever you go. You know, I say I used to talk to so many people uh, when we used to live, particularly up here, up the road. I couldn't go to the shopping center without bumping into somebody. You know, it was like, oh, and because you're always in a rush, I've got time now, better hide this. So and so in row five. <laughs> and uh, but you do make time. You know, you've only got to say hello that makes somebody's day. So each one of us has a gift. Each one of us have been called for a purpose. We need to actually work out what that is without all the accolades, you know, 
Unfortunately, I think Sharon said the other day, you know, uh, last week, uh, you know, we live in an age where everybody's about likes on YouTube and whatever. We live in a world where success seems to mean that if you've got your own YouTube channel, mate, you're doing all right. You know, it's like, oh, how many likes have you got? I'm telling you, Matthew 6 verse 3 says, But when you do merciful deeds, do not let your left hand know what your right hand does, so that your merciful deeds may be done in secret, and your Father who sees in secret himself shall reward you openly. Your Father sees you in secret. He doesn't see you on YouTube, all right? I've seen, uh, I, I see a lot of people with that false thing where they want to show how good they are. So they've got to post it to the world. Look, I just did this for somebody. You know, I did that. Hey, God sees what you do in secret. You don't have to show it for the world. You've got everything you want by putting it out there like that. It's the little things that you do behind the scene that God sees. You know, simply little things. I mean, you wouldn't know who comes here on a Friday before youth starts their messages in, in the back hall. I think it's about 7, 7.30 or something. We have a group here that will come. It's on a roster, and you are welcome to join this roster. We just pray for a solid hour for the youth kids out there in the back. Now, they're not doing it for an audience. They're not doing it to say, oh, I'm wonderful. You won't know who those people are unless you're on the roster. <laughs> but, um, but what I'm saying is we don't do it for the sake of us. It's not about us. You need to remember what Paul said, no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. That means you are dead. Stop trying to promote yourself. Allow God to do the promotion. He's the one that lifts us up. He is the one that promotes us. So I pray this morning that you will actually start to explore and start to understand where is my fit. And not everybody is called to be a leader because there's leadership. And as one pastor said, there's followership. We need followers and we need leaders. And, uh, and it doesn't mean one's better than the other. Because I'm standing here, it doesn't make me superior to you, <laughs> does it? It doesn't. No, God sees us as the same. So it's not, stop getting this position in your head, if I do this, I'm successful. That's what the world thinks. The world does that. We are servants of the Most High God, and that's the greatest thing you can do is serve Him. When the church members work together, only then will we see the church arise. You know, when we're all working together how we're supposed to, then the church becomes a powerful unit. The church will arise in that moment, in that time. So this morning, I just, uh, I just want to challenge you with that thought. What can I do? I, I, I love it, you know, just simply serving with a servant heart because you're part of the church. I'm an important part. People go, oh, I don't like, God has not called me to the ministry of cleaning the tables. Uh, cleaning the dishes, that's just not my call. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, Jesus said the greatest one amongst you is one who serves. We are called to serve others and just doing those simple things. I mean, like nobody's going to do dishes. It's just going to pile up. It looked like my house. And uh, when we fight between my daughters, that is, Sharon sorts us out. And uh, <laughs> we need everybody to do something. Everybody doing something means one person has to do less. But when people fail to do the one thing, that means one person has to do a lot of things to fill it. Because this functions together because we're a body, we're all in it together. It's like a home, we have a roster, you know, to, to do things. Like you're on the roster for packing the dishwasher and stuff like that. And, 
causes the argument. Well, I got it close. I got in the dishwasher zone, at least. And, um, um, you know, it's like uh, the house works when everybody is working together. And we need you all. Each one of you has an important part to play on that. So I want you to, today uh, just to really think about that. Where, where can I help out? It may be starting helping Sonia's team in the cafe. They're doing a great job there, by the way. You know, like, as you see, a lot of the guys serving there are actually on doing this. So they're just, it's like they finished their music, they're racing off <laughs> to serve you coffee and things like that. But, you know, if there was more there, they wouldn't have to race off. They'd go, oh, it's great. Somebody else has got that one. I've learned I had to give things over because otherwise people don't step up. You know, and it's great when Sharon and I go away sometimes because our, our, our leaders, which are great leaders, they will step up and hold the fort and I have such confidence. But if I never gave them that opportunity, it would never happen. And uh, unfortunately, sometimes that, that is the case in certain churches where I, I was in one in America where we went to see this big, well-known pastor in Orange County in California. And we started looking forward to him. And uh, of course, they come out and say, there's about 900 or 1,000 of us there. Sorry, guys, pastor's not here today. You know, he's on ministry trip somewhere. So, but we got one of his messages to show you. I thought, so you're saying I have a church of 900, you've got no one else that can preach. You just have to rely on one person. You should never just rely on us. It's together. We are a team. We are family. We work together. If one takes a hit, the other one's there pulling them up. One's hurt, we're all hurt, you know. We, when one's successful, we're all cheering them on. You know, we're, we're like that. There should be no competition. Let's just close our eyes this morning. You know, the greatest thing you can do is be part of the church. Jesus died for the church. Jesus loves the church. Jesus said, I will build my church. But to be part of the church, the assembly, you have to commit your life to him for he, for he is the body of the church. And this morning, if you've never become part of the church of Jesus Christ, you've never given your life to Jesus, you never uh, asked for forgiveness of your sins, you have an opportunity to do that this morning, to know that you are right with Him, that you are part of the family, part of what's happening here. If you've never given your life to Jesus, or you perhaps, uh, perhaps even when you're younger, you might have thought about it, and, uh, but you've just that thought has just drifted or perhaps you're not even sure this morning you have an opportunity to come to him this day it's just a simple prayer asking Jesus into your life and I'm telling you it will change the way you think the way you do things it will not make the world perfect you'll still have to go through trials and tribulations but you won't be doing it alone if that's you this morning if you'd like to give your life to Jesus Christ Make him your Lord and Savior. Just with every head bowed, eye closed, just raise your hand wherever you are and I'll pray with you. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, let's say this prayer together. This is called Prayer of Salvation, asking God to be your Savior. Dear Lord Jesus, let's say it together. Dear Lord Jesus. I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn now from my sins 
and invite you to come into my life to be my Lord and Savior. I thank you now. Amen. Awesome. Well, if you've made that call this morning, it's the greatest thing you can do, and it starts the journey in your adventure with Jesus. I'm telling you, it's a great thing. I've been going like 30-something years now and never look back because there's only good things looking forward. I don't look back. There's nothing back there anymore. That, the past is past, but the future is to be made yet. So uh, be ready like that. Oh, 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 oh,